Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fortifying Your Faith. I am Haston Hanley. Uh, I'm the host of the show, and I want to thank you for joining us today to stop and to sit down for just a few minutes and study uh, a portion of God's Word and continue our study over the past several weeks about looking at key figures of faith throughout the Bible. And as we continue that series and that thought and idea, I want us to spend just a few minutes uh, this uh, today, whether it be morning or evening for you, and I would like for us over the next few moments to sit down and to study about Mary, the mother of Christ, the one who physically gave birth to Christ, that is. I want us to spend a few moments in Luke chapter 11 as we discuss for just a few moments the purpose or the role, if you will, of Mary, and then look at her reaction. Because between these two things, we find a lot about Mary and her willingness to serve the Lord, her willingness to see this through, because not really that there's much that she could oppose or stand against, but the fact that she just obeyed and listened when this would be a life-altering, drastic change of events that she would have to undergo. And so I want us to begin in Luke chapter 1 and verse 26 when we are really introduced to Mary in this sense. And in the sixth month, The angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. With this, we are pretty quickly introduced to Mary and the importance behind her. Because we're introduced to her as a virgin, one who was not married to a man, one who had never, uh, if you'll allow me to use this, never slept with a man, someone who was still a virgin. Because when we are introduced to this one, the first prophecy of Christ uh, in the Bible, we're pointed towards Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, after the sin in the garden, after Adam and Eve had partaken of that uh, forbidden fruit. God tells Satan something very pointed, and I shall put, or I will put enmity, division, strife between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and I will, uh, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. We're introduced to a very particular biological prophecy. Because when we stop and consider it for a moment, verse 15 alludes to the fact of a virgin birth of one that would put an end to Satan's rule. Because, quite frankly, women, biologically speaking, don't have seed. On top of that, a woman by herself, because of the way uh, chromosomes work and all of that, There is no way physically for a woman to have a son not knowing a man. So when we're introduced to the fact that Mary is in fact a virgin 
and is receiving this vision, this messenger from God, we're introduced to the fact that this is the one that is going to be important. In fact, we keep reading in verse 28, the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Why is it that she was blessed among women? Because she was about to bear and have the Son of God. She was to be the one that gave birth to the Savior. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. She was caught off guard, verse 29 says, because she wasn't expecting this. She didn't understand what he meant by this. Verse 30 goes on to clear up some of it. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Mary asks a very pointed question in verse 34, and quite frankly, one that's very understandable. How shall this be, knowing I have not known a man? How is it possible that I can conceive and bring forth a son without ever knowing a man, having ever slept with a man? We go back up and we understand a little bit more in verse 32 about the one that she would have. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, ancestral father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. You see, when we are introduced to Mary, we are very quickly introduced to a very vital point. The very fact that Mary would bring forth the Christ. That was to be her role in all of this. And she had obviously done something because Gabriel says that she is highly favored among, uh, among women. And when we stop and think about her role in all of this, Mary being faithful to God, Mary being that one who would bring forth the Christ shows this great sense of amazing faith, if you will. But I want us to also think for a moment, not just about her role, because I feel like many of us know her role. I want us to really spend the majority of this looking at her reaction, because this is a young woman about to get married who has this life-altering thing happen to her. She goes and visits with her cousin, Elizabeth, who is also expecting. And then for about 11 verses, from verse 46 to 56, Mary praises God. Because we read of this praising God, and in fact, if you go to a lot of camps or you go to a lot, a church or a congregation that 
sings the newer songs. You might have heard of the song, The Magnificat. Uh, some people call it The Magnificent Cat. Uh, this is where it comes from. Luke 1, beginning in verse 46, Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath holpen uh, his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to the seed, uh, his seed forever, and to Mary, uh, and Mary abode with her, that being Elizabeth, about three months, and returned to her own house. Mary had this opportunity, when this great responsibility, when this great thing was placed upon her shoulder, she could have turned around and run she could have been afraid. She could have even cursed God and said, how dare you put this on me? How dare you give me this responsibility? But instead, you read perhaps one of the biggest and most profound statements of giving glory to God right after that. Mary has this life-altering thing saying, you're about to have a child. In fact, you are about to have the child of promise. You have this big responsibility. And what does Mary do? She asks the question, first of all, that's a very simple question. How is this going to happen? And then you continue reading verse 35 the angel answers her and tells her exactly the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then that re remembrance. Verse 36, thy cousin Elizabeth, uh, she's conceived in her old age and is six uh, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And so with that, Mary said, Behold the handman of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy words. And the angel departed from her, effectively saying, So be it. She goes to visit her cousin, and then she glorifies. She exalts God. She gives thanks and rejoices unto God because of the thing that's about to be done, because it's going to be the fulfillment of this promise. In fact, she even references it herself in this song of praise as she remembers 
the remembrance, verse 30, uh, rather 54, of his mercy as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever, that promise that was going to come of the Christ, the one that was going to come that would exalt Israel. Now, in the next few weeks, I want us to stop and to consider, as we uh, will soon be bringing this series to a close about uh, these great people of faith, I want us to discuss Israel and God's place with uh, what it is today. But we'll save that for another time. Spiritual Israel is being exalted, that being the church, because of Christ. We have this great remembrance of the sacrifice of Christ every first day of the week. We have all of these great things that is, by and large, topped off by the fact that through the Christ, we have the forgiveness of sins. Through Jesus, we have hope. We have the ability to call God our Father. We have all of these amazing things. When life turned upside down for Mary, she gave glory to God because that was what needed to happen for the whole world to have hope. What about us when our life turns upside down? We can't see the big picture. We can't see What's tomorrow? We don't know what's a month down the road, what's two months down the road, what's ten years down the road. We just see what's right in front of us. Maybe that bad thing that we're going through right now is preparing us for what's to come down the road. Maybe it's preparing us for how to handle this big obstacle ahead. But in all things... We need to be like Job, who glorified God when things got tough. We need to be like Mary, who, even though life threw her a curveball, even though she was not expecting to be the mother of Christ, she glorified God. She rejoiced in the fact that Christ would be coming. When we face these obstacles of life, what is it that we do about it? Do we just simply say, well, I guess that's going to be what it is? Or do we lament the very fact that we have to go through difficult times? Or do we take the time to give God the glory for the fact that we, through this, hopefully, will be tougher, will be stronger, will be more patient, will be more merciful. Whatever it is that we're going through, we can grow from it. Through this week, let's try and grow through whatever we're going through. Whether it's an easy time, whether it's something that everything is just going perfectly, grow from it. Rejoice with it. Thank God for it when everything is going well. And when things are tough, turn to God, rely on God, trust on God, just as we discussed last week with Hannah. When there was nothing in the world she could do about her state, she prayed to God. Let's trust and rely on God and build and strengthen our faith. Until next week, let's keep studying. 
keep growing and keep fortifying our faith so that we can grow stronger as Christians. And I hope to see you next week as we continue on with this podcast.